So when Jesus says that he will build his church, that includes Clearwater Church. Jesus is building Clearwater Church, as well as a lot of other churches, but really just one big church. So um, that's what a church is. It's the global community of people who have put their faith in Jesus for salvation. And now Jesus told Peter that he was going to build that church. Now, when was he going to build it? Well, he was already building it when he said that to Peter, right? He said, I will build my church, but he was already in the midst of it. In fact, that very conversation that he was having with his disciples about who do you say that I am was part of building the church. And as he continued to build the church throughout his ministry, right up to the end, including all of his teachings, both public and in private with his disciples, and especially including his death and resurrection, was all part of Jesus building the church. And then, during the time that he spent with his followers after the resurrection, he was building them up uh, right up to until he ascended into heaven. But he didn't stop then. And that's why we're talking about this in our series Ascended is because this is one of the main things that Jesus is doing now. He is still building his church. He kept right on building the church after he ascended, and that is the main thing, or one of the main things that he is doing right up to today. In fact, 10 days after Jesus ascended, uh, was a special day called the Day of Pentecost. And you can read about this in the in the book of Acts, about what happened on the day of Pentecost. But at that time, Jesus had been building his church, right? The church, probably not quite everyone, but most of Jesus' followers gathered, were gathered together in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. It was 120 people. That was more or less the size of the church when Jesus ascended. Um, that was, uh, that was it on the beginning of the day of Pentecost, 120 people. But by the end of that day, um, there were over 5,000 people in the church. And from there, it kept growing really at an astonishing rate. So Jesus built his church mainly after he ascended into heaven. How did that happen? How did Jesus build his church in those early days? Well, he did it exactly the way he said he was going to do it back in Matthew 16. He said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, there's a play on words there that doesn't come through very well in English because uh, the, the name Peter, in, in both uh, Greek and Aramaic versions of Peter, is either Petros or Cephas. Both of them mean rock. And so what Jesus is saying is he's saying, you are rock, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Now, um, so what he's saying is that... Uh, through this wordplay here on Peter's name, he's saying that Peter and men like him who recognize the correct answer to the great question, who is Jesus, are going to be the ones who will be the foundation of the church. 
And in fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible tells us explicitly that not only Peter, but all of the apostles and prophets are the foundation on which the church is built. But Peter really was kind of a special case because God had a special role for him to play in the founding of the church. On the day of Pentecost, I was just referring to, the day when the church went from 120 to 5,000, it was Peter who was the main speaker who explained the gospel to the people who were there and told them about Jesus. He told the people who Jesus was, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus had sent to the church, uh, the church was built up. And if you read the book of Acts, you'll see that Peter had a key role in many of the other foundational events of the church too. Jesus really did use Peter to build his church. But of course, not only Peter. Um, Jesus also used the other disciples. And if you read the stories of the early years of the church, it's clear that Jesus used many, many common church people, people that the Bible doesn't even name, and not only the apostles, to build his church. So here's the general point we want to take from this. Jesus is building his church, and he is using his people to do it. The Bible puts it like this. Uh, It says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God is making his appeal to people. He's calling to people and asking them to be saved. And how is he doing it? He's doing it through us. As we explain the way of salvation to people and encourage them to put their faith in Jesus and become part of the church, Jesus is building his church through us. We're going to talk more about how that works in a moment, but I want to finish with the last point that Jesus makes in his response to Peter first. He says, And I tell you, uh, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So what what does that uh, last bit there mean? What are the gates of Hades? Well, that's a phrase that, uh, that means something like the strength of Satan, especially the strength of death and the power of death. But what Jesus is saying here is that Satan and death are no match for Jesus. When Jesus sets out to build his church, there is no stopping it. No opposition will ever be able to prevent Jesus from building his church. Sometimes we think that the deck is stacked against us and that the church is facing mighty headwinds as we try to make way in our world. But in fact, the deck is stacked, but it's stacked in our favor because we have Jesus on our side and Jesus is building his church and no power in the world can stop him. But now, let's, let's spend some time looking at how Jesus is currently building his church and, and, and all that this means to us. And we're going to go to another part of the Bible. We're going to go over to Ephesians chapter 4 and see some things in Ephesians chapter 4 about how Jesus is currently building 
his church. Here's what it says. It says, uh, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, that is the church, may be built up. The Bible tells us here that Jesus himself gave the leaders to the church. God has gifted these people to do what? What does the verse say? What, are, what, are, what is the purpose of Jesus giving these people? The role of the leaders is to equip his people for the works of service. That is to help people to do the work of God. And the work of God includes building the church. So here is one thing that Jesus is doing for his church right now. He is giving the church leaders who can equip them. And this gets into the whole idea of spiritual gifts and how God gives people special abilities that are to be used for the benefits of the church. I encourage you to do some reading on that if you're not familiar with it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a great place to read about the spiritual gifts and how they are used in the church. Um, here are the gifts that he has in mind, are especially the teaching and leading gifts that help people to be prepared to serve. And then, as the people are equipped, they all do the work of the body of Christ. And that is, of course, another name for the church, so that the church is built up. Now, up until now, I've been mainly referring to the building up of the church and how Christ is building up the church uh, in, in terms of numbers and bringing people into the church and growing the church through, um, through adding more people to the church. And that certainly is part of what it means um, that, uh, that Jesus is building his church. Um, we talked about how 5,000 people were added at Pentecost, and we said God is making his appeal through us that people should be reconciled to God, that they should be saved. But there is certainly more to the building of the church than numerical growth. And in this passage, in Ephesians 4, the emphasis is on the growth of the people who are already in the church and how the church can grow toward maturity. So building the church in this passage is mainly about growing in spiritual maturity. So let's read on. It's, it's saying, The church will be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of of Christ. Unity, knowledge, maturity, these are the goals of building up the church in this passage. Here, to build up the church is to bring it to be what it was meant to be. I did a fair bit of study on this verse when I was in seminary, and the idea of maturity here is that the church becomes fully what it was intended to be. It is the completion of God's design for the church and his intentions for us. And that includes things like unity and knowledge, as well as uh, numerical growth. Verse 14, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. 
So part of building up the church, that, uh, that it includes helping us to see the truth and to be certain of it so that people who distort the truth about God, whether through ignorance or whether through intentional distortion, we will be able to see through their, their, uh, their errors and they will not be able to sway us. A mature church is built up to the point that it recognizes the truth and it recognizes when a teacher is departing from Scripture. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is, Christ. When the church has been built up by Jesus' servants, we will know and speak the truth. But the truth must always be spoken in love. And as we speak the truth in love, it will cause us to grow to become a mature church. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. How is Jesus building his church? He is guiding and holding together the whole church, giving the various gifts to all of its members, and calling them to each do their part in building up the church in love. So we see that building the church includes both the growth of the church in adding new people, in bringing them to salvation, and also the growth of the church in maturity and in love. Jesus is building his church. He is using people like Peter, ordinary people who know who Jesus is. And he is enabling us to do great things together as we each do our part of the work. So what is the work that Jesus wants to do through you? What is your part in the building up of the church? What part do you have to play? Does he want you to help bring more people to salvation? Does he want you to use you to help the church to grow in love? I promise you that the answer to both of those is yes. Jesus wants to build his church through you. And it is up to us to find the ways that he has given us to be involved uh, so that he can build up his church through our ministry in the body. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, We thank you for giving us such a great salvation and for revealing yourself to us so that we know who you are. Lord, I pray that uh, you would help us to grow more and more in our knowledge of who you are. I pray, Lord, that each one of us would see clearly our part to play as you seek to build your church through us. I pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.